Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome again, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I am so excited to welcome Ariana today. She is an author, activist, and mother of two living in the burbs of Portland. Her book, Shame on You, Big Truths from a Bad Mom, came out July 7th with an audiobook soon to follow. She's such a cool person. I'm so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Ariana. <laughs> thank you for having me. Cool is uh that's that's a word I'm still not used to, but thank you. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for that warm welcome. Thanks for yes, having me. Yes, it feels pretty accurate to me. Um, so why don't we show the listeners before we dive in? Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Um, so you know, that's always in flux, right? Um, because I started out originally just focusing on wanting to tell stories of moms of, uh, you know, different moms who I knew. And I really tried to avoid making it about me for a very long time. And it kind of just randomly started to become about me because in order for me to post regularly, it kind of had to come from somewhere. (laughs) And um, (laughs) since then, it's really just become me being that person who is willing to say things that a lot of us are very afraid to say, um, not necessarily being disrespectful about it, though I'm not going to pretend I always handle things with a calm, <laughs> cool <laughs> demeanor, but, you know, basically just trying to uh, talk about things that I feel we avoid just because they make us uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and that used to mean just just motherhood. In fact, you know, my, my book is just motherhood centered, but, um, it has started to also become about, about social justice and racial equality as well, because I feel that part of the reason why this country has the issues that it does is because we are afraid to talk about these things because they make us feel weird. So, you know, People always ask me, what do you do? And I still haven't exactly been able to do that elevator pitch thing because it is so all over the place. But um, I, I would say, you know, the easiest the way that I could put it is I am I'm a conversation starter. I'm trying to get a conversation going. I love that. And you, you're really popular on Twitter, right? How many followers do you have on Twitter? Just Can we just have like a brag moment <laughs> for you, please? <laughs> I, I mean, in the in the scheme of things, I am nowhere near the largest, uh, but I have about halfway, I'm about halfway to 12K, I'm about 11.6 thousand on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. And you became really popular on Twitter just saying what was on your mind, like saying these things that people are afraid to talk about. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of it is comedy because um, I, I consider myself to be a comedy writer. 
Um, even when I talk about things that irritate me, I always tend to have a certain lilt towards sarcasm and humor because I can't take things too seriously for too long. Um, so there was that, but yeah, I, I will say I pride myself on the fact that I am friends with a lot of comedy writers who tend to stick to just one thing. They tend to either focus just on being funny or just on talking about parenting or just on X, Y, and Z. And they are amazing people and they're really good at what they do. But I kind of decided when I started really taking to Twitter that I was not going to just talk about things that were funny. Uh, I wasn't just going to talk about parenting. I wasn't just going to talk about you know, racial stuff, it was going to be about whatever's on my mind. And I think that drives some people crazy. That's not to say that I haven't lost followers who have <laughs> probably been like, what the hell is this? I thought that, uh, you know, we were talking about parenting and now we're talking about race. And, but I feel like a lot of people are kind of used to that. They're, they're the people who follow me are used to just kind of hearing what's on my mind at the time. And sometimes that can just be some really bizarre joke that I had in my head that I was like, I've got to write this down. And sometimes it'll be, you know, me talking about something that somebody said to me in a um, conversation about racial justice that really irritated me. And I felt like I needed to kind of better educate people on it. So it, it, I, I have grown through being myself really, and just trying to get people to be interested in conversation, which is what Twitter is great for. It's, it's great for conversation. Yeah. I love Twitter so much. Well, let's, let's dive into one of, one of those topics that I imagine you talk about quite a bit, which is guilt. Um, Yes. Specifically around guilt that comes up when we show up for ourselves. I Mm -hmm. love, love, love this topic because I really think that it's a pervasive issue among women of all types of all kinds, and especially among female entrepreneurs. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess let's start by why this is a topic that you had suggested. So why is this close to your heart? How do you, have you experienced this in your life? Um, So to answer the first question as to why it's such a big deal to me, um, strangely enough, I actually haven't dealt with my own guilt too much. Um, and I think that part of that is thanks to being raised by a strong mom who was kind of like, you know, I, I can love you and I can do things for myself at the same time. And, and seeing that in her kind of helped me realize that that can be done for me too. Um, so, it, you know, it, it wasn't really because of me. It was more because I, I felt super defensive of my friends because I would hear my friends constantly feeling like they needed to apologize for going back to school or for starting their own businesses or for deciding even just that they didn't want to be around their family for a couple of days, you know? And it really got my hackles up because it was like, why in the world should that, should you feel bad for that? If you didn't, you know, if you weren't a woman, if you were just this single dude, maybe not even single, but let's say some single dude that, you know, was working in the, in whatever field, if you were suddenly like, man, I'm tired, I'm tired and I need a vacation. People would totally be like, yeah, you, you need a vacation. Here are some great spots for you to go to. But when you're a woman, and this can be whether you have children or not, there always seems to be this attitude uh, towards you 
for trying to take that same time for yourself. Like you're, you're supposed to be spending all of your time being selfless and watching my friends beat themselves up when I had just heard them break down, you know, into tears because they hadn't taken any time for themselves, just frustrated me. And I realized, um, it got me extremely angry to find that we're doing it to ourselves. So we're doing it to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I still remember getting into it with somebody because on Twitter, one of my friends mentioned that they were sick of being home with their kids 24 seven, you know, because that's with everything that's going on, that's kind of where we're all at right now. And somebody asked her, oh, well, you know, you should, why aren't you enjoying this extra time with your kids? And mm. I was like, wait a minute. No, no matter who you are, even if you're married or you have roommates, you're tired of seeing those same people 24 seven with no place to go. Why is it that, you know, we we're policing each other and deciding for one another when it's acceptable to want time to ourselves or to want to do something for ourselves. Um, so it really just became something that has been a very big issue. For me, I take issue with the fact that we don't allow ourselves or each other to admit that we have the same needs as every other human being. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like I see, I do see that a lot too in, and not even maybe even people saying it out loud, but you can tell by their perception. Like, like if I say, oh, I've really allowed myself to have a relaxing week, you know, I, I put some work on the back burner and I've just been taking more baths and relaxing. And like, you can just tell by the way people respond that they are judging Absolutely. for having taken that time, yep. which is wild to me. And it, I mean, it's them being triggered, right? Because they want the same thing and they don't know how to take mm-hmm. it or ask for mm-hmm. it. Yep. Absolutely. No, that, and that's absolutely where it comes from is it comes from, it comes from this attitude I think that some people have, and it's, it's very, I hate to liken it to children, but it is a very childish attitude of Mm -hmm. if this, if this bothers me, then it must be bad. Yeah. If it makes me uncomfortable, then it must be a negative thing. And so there are a lot of people who feel super uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, oh, well, I couldn't possibly leave work on the table. I couldn't possibly turn my phone off past a certain time. So this person doing it must mean that they're a bad business owner. Right. Or it must mean that they don't care. And it's it's childish. It really is. It's a very me-centered way of looking at things. And instead, what we need to understand is that some people have boundaries that are different from ours. And that's not to say, I'm not here at all to say that, you know, people who don't want to do that, those types of things are bad people. I think that, you know, you're comfortable with the amount of work that you want to do. But to turn that around and to say, well, I'm doing it this way and you're not, therefore you're wrong, is where we make that mistake. And it's where we keep fostering this feeling of guilt over things that we should not be guilty over. And it it just needs to stop, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what what is the most challenging part about overcoming that guilt is is that we feel it because we're reacting to society or to Mm -hmm. other people's reactions. So it's not like we can change the culture, right? It's not like we can Mm -hmm. change the people we're talking to. All we can do is change ourselves. So what, what are some ways that you've seen the moms in your network or the women in your life, um, or ways that you've taught people, um, 
how to sort of, as you put in your words, get comfortable with that guilt so that we can shift out of it? What does that look like? Um, the first thing that I tend to tell people is I tend to tell them to um, never listen to anybody who t- tells them to stop feeling guilty or not to feel guilty because emotions are a chemical reaction Mm. that's no easier than telling someone not to feel sad if someone dies or not to feel happy if something happens you're going to feel what you're going to feel and it's not possible to just not feel guilty that's impossible so what i tell them first is i say you're going to feel guilty that's just going to happen don't even try to stop it instead what you do is i i tell them to examine their guilt to look at the way that they're feeling and to decide if that really is reality, you know, Mm. for, for example, um, you, you kind of saw this, I think probably when I was doing my speech at MomCon, maybe not, I don't know, but, um, the big one that I used because I was talking to a bunch of moms was, um, you know, when you're eating a snack and your kids kind of come up to you like little sharks smelling blood in the water and they're like, Oh, Hey, you're eating a cookie. Even if I just ate five minutes ago, now I want a bite of your cookie. And maybe this cookie is the one thing that you have looked forward to all day long. Like it's the only joy you have gotten in this horrible, miserable day. And now you have this tiny tyrant telling you, I I want a piece of your joy. And we say no. And then the next thing you know, you're hearing crying and whining and all I wanted was a cookie. And they start, you know, feeling terrible uh, about themselves in this moment and start thinking, wow, all I had to do is give my child a cookie. Am I, am I, I must be so selfish. And some people, what they do in that moment is they break down and they give their kid half and they Mm -hmm. say, okay, here, or they give them the rest of the cookie. And what I tell them to do is instead think about it. Is your child hurt? by you not giving a cookie, like really honest to God hurt, not just, Oh my God, I wish I could have had a cookie. And I was told no. And that's really frustrating. But are there, are there emotions in peril in this moment by you not giving them a snack? Are you being a terrible person by taking care of yourself? Will there never, ever, ever be any more cookies in your house ever again, ever. (laughs) And when you realize that you look through all these things and the answer to all of them is, is no, That's when you realize, okay, that guilt that I have in my head, it was just trying to warn me. It was just trying to tell me that I might be doing something bad, but I'm realizing now that I'm not. And then you go ahead and you eat the cookie to the dulcet tones of your child screaming and (laughs) crying. Uh, And then, you know, you move on and you get them interested in something else or focused on something else. And and the moment goes away. Um, and, And in those moments, you realize that you are kind of sticking up for yourself, you're advocating for yourself against yourself, which feels really weird and Mm. it feels wrong. But we, especially women, uh, have a tendency to have already taken in a lot of very toxic beliefs about what we should be doing and what we shouldn't. And so by doing that, you're kind of flipping the script and taking those toxic things and showing them who's boss, so to speak. So that's that's basically what I do is I try to teach them to um, look at what the actual reality is and not what their emotions are telling them, which is not easy. But once you start doing it, it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the better you get at looking at it and deciding where you should be. 
Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm all about shifting. So I love the idea of first and foremost, honoring the feelings and the emotions. They're there for a reason. They're there to tell you something. Use those sort of like, um, like check those thoughts with those questions. Like, is this really hurting my child or am I really doing something bad? And then I like the idea of even using next a mantra to anchor mm-hmm. you into the fact that that what you're doing is not wrong. So like, I like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I deserve to enjoy this cookie. I, um, you know, I deserve to say how so-and-so made me feel. Um, Mm -hmm. I deserve to take a bath in the middle of the day and it doesn't have to be deserve, you know, um, you know, I want this and, and I can have it finding some sort of mantra that anchors you back into the truth, which is, that's their shit, not yours. You know, that's, exactly. your, little, that's your little kid shit. That is not your shit. Um, and, and you don't have to let that take you down. Um, you really don't. Yeah, I love that. Like I, like you said, it doesn't even necessarily have to be I deserve, but I really like that concept of there's a, a phrase that you automatically go to to mm-hmm. kind of keep you in that in that mental space, even if it's just this is this is mine. You know, those three words, this is mine, this is, or four words, this is for me. Mm. You know, there's nothing Mm. wrong with telling yourself this is for me. This is like, you're allowed to, and and of course there's always somebody who wants to take it to the, the uh, extreme. Right. And they want to be like, well, uh, oh, so I should just do everything that I want whenever, I mean, no, obviously not. But at the same time, you should be able to take breaks for yourself. And I feel that a lot of us have also been taught not to follow our guts, which is a real problem. Mm. Um, Because I think that if we are taught to follow our intuition and our gut, those things will tell us when we need a break and when we're just kind of being, you know, stingy or grumpy or whatever. So I really think that, you know, that's another thing that we need to start doing is we need to start trusting our gut. We need to start trusting when, oh man, I need a break. Even if it's just a break to go into a closet and cry for 10 minutes, I need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like that I, that concept. I've never thought of that before. And I, I might I might steal that from you because I like it. Because <laughs> that's free. a very good idea. <laughs> Feel free. It is yours to borrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that idea too, that when, like, I think the more that we get in tune with ourselves, the less we allow that guilt to seep in. Because- right. When you're aligned with what you need, what you know you do for the world or for the people around you, and you know that you have needs as well, it's easier to come back to that place of center when you're, you know, I always think of shifting your mindset, like your head on a swivel, like something comes up over mm-hmm. here to the right. So you're like, no, no, no. And it's like, nope, back to center, shift back to my center, shift back to what I know is true. Um, and I feel like there's power in shifting out of that guilt through simply coming back to your truth as a person. And that takes time. That takes work to get to a place where you can do that. Um, right. But every other, every other area of your life is going to benefit from you doing that work as well. Like that's just one benefit is being able to say, I see your guilt. I see that that's your problem and not mine. And so I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take that on my shoulders. I'm going to let you keep it. And I'm exactly. going to just stay in my space and what I know to be true. Exactly. I love that. And it's very, it's, it's, it's work, right? Like Mm -hmm. any kind of change, any kind of mindset shift is work. You can't just expect to wake up one day and suddenly be the kind of person who can work past 
guilt to make the right decision. Sometimes you are, and sometimes you're still going to feel the guilt anyway. I'm going to say right now, I still feel guilt from time to time about little things here and there. Mm -hmm. And, and just the other day, (laughs) just the other day, I sat down and I thought for some reason back to this time in the sixth grade where I yelled at a girl in my math class for something she didn't do. And I felt guilty about it. It was the most ridiculous (laughs) thing in the whole wide world. I haven't been in the sixth grade in like however many years, 20 some odd years, but I was still sitting there like, oh God, I was horrible to her. I wonder if she still remembers it because (laughs) guilt doesn't make any sense. All it knows is that if, if, if it doesn't get worked enough, it, it has to find something to do. So the most that you can do is just kind of, you know, the way that I always put it is guilt is your guilt is your overeager intern. If you look at your body mm-hmm. like it's a company, you are the CEO, and your guilt is an intern who really, really, really wants a promotion. And the only way that they can get that promotion from you is to constantly try to get in front of your eyes and put things on your desk. And your job as the CEO is to say, listen. I appreciate how uh, how excited you are about your job, <laughs> but um, no, I don't need that, and I'm going to shred that, and I'm not going to pay attention to that, and that wasn't necessary. You're the one who owns your guilt, not the other way around, and it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but that's totally what it is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that point. It's like that little eager kid in the front row, but I'm here, but I'm here, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 me, me, me. I know the answer. Me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing I want to talk, uh, mention about guilt, and I'm curious your thoughts on this as well, is the idea of guilt also being the thing that, that stops us from taking the action that stops us from even getting into a situation where we're going to feel guilt. Like we're anticipating that it's going to happen. So instead of even sitting down as the mom to have that cookie, you're like, the kids are going to freak out. They're going to want it. It's not even worth it. I'm just going to leave it. Whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful to recognize when you're not moving forward on something that feels important to you, or you're not saying something to someone that needs to be said that potentially one of the things holding you back is this anticipation of guilt, which I think is just as powerful and just as damaging. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it's kind of, it's a byproduct of guilt, right? Um, mm. Anxiety is a byproduct of guilt. Even if you don't usually have anxiety, I do, but I know that a lot of people don't, and you're going to have to tell me what that's like. I'm seriously curious, but that is a byproduct of guilt, no matter who you are. You're always going to feel anxious about what's going to happen. And one of the biggest things that I have learned going to therapy for my anxiety that has actually helped with the guilt is that with anxiety, you tend to worry about things that have not happened yet Mm -hmm. to the point where you, you freeze yourself up. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I, I learned is that I would always do that, right? That's like a big, big thing for people to do is to sit there and go, well, but if I say this, then they're going to say this, then I'm going to say this and they're going to say this. And then I'm going to run out of things to say, and then I'm going to just wind up being humiliated. So I'm just not going to do it at all. And what you're told is, okay, but how do you know all that? You, you literally just went into the future, but you haven't even taken the first step to find out what that future might be yet. Mm. You don't actually know. You've just worried about things that haven't even happened. And that's very, very, common when you're guilty. When you feel guilty, you tend to play that same game of, oh, well, it's probably best that I don't do this because this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. And it's not possible for you to actually know what will happen 
until you do it. Maybe you have one of those random days where you sit down to eat that cookie and it just so happens that they're so distracted with a TV show or they're just kind of distracted with a book or whatever and they don't even see you eat it. You don't know. The only way that you're going to know is to try. Um, And we are not time travelers. So trying to say what's going to happen in the future, you're really just talking yourself out of doing anything in the present. You're not actually predicting anything. And you're bringing it into reality. By exactly by thinking it, you're bringing versus thinking, I, you know, I say universe, some people say source, some people say God, you know, I say universe. So, you know, universe, I really desire to just sit down and eat this cookie in five minutes of peace. Like putting that out there, what you really want is, is going to, is going to make that more likely than the negative scenario that's going to make you feel guilt. So also knowing that by mm-hmm. anticipating the guilt, you're just, you're calling it in. You're putting it out there in the universe. Exactly. To come to you and become a reality. Put out there what you want to come in. So when you feel that guilt starting to trigger you to not make that decision or not talk to that person or not do that thing, it's like, maybe that's the invitation to shift it. So instead of thinking about what you don't want, let's shift into what you do want. And then really claiming that. Um, It it does make a difference to how you act, how your body reacts, you know, how you respond to things. Um, Perfect story for this, actually. It's terrible. So I'm in the middle of a move. Um, I don't know if you knew that yet or not, but I'm in the middle of a move. And one of the things we were going to do was sell my car. And the day that I was going to put the photos up to sell my car, I went to go get it washed. And on the way home, I kept thinking, how terrible would it be if after <laughs> I just washed this car and after I, and on the day that I'm about to post it on the internet, something was to happen to it? I really hope that that doesn't happen. How terrible would that be? And it was just it was on my mind the whole way I came home. I come up my driveway. The first time in three years that I have lived in this house, I swung too wide and I hit the side of my garage oh. and messed up my front bumper. And I said, what are the odds? But then I was talking to my parents later and they said, well, you know what you probably did is you gave yourself a wild amount of anxiety about it. You probably started feeling guilty about it and you kind of, without even meaning, subconsciously made yourself hit the side of the garage. Oh yeah. And they were right. That's, that's probably what I did is I doomed myself. I, I self-prophesized. So it's totally and completely possible to do those things, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's, I love that example because I feel like when you talk about law of attraction, so many people think it's very woo-woo. And, but I mean, there is science behind it. I can't necessarily speak to the science, but I have you know read the science behind the law of attraction, but it's just energy. And what you speak out into the world, that's what you start attracting. And it's like when you have a really great day and it's like, oh, I'm getting every green light. And oh, they didn't charge me for that thing at the store. And oh, I'm home early from work. It's like, that's not a coincidence. It's because you are putting good energy out into the world and that's what you're getting back. So for you, you know, you're speaking out what you don't want to happen, but what you're doing is just putting that out there in the world. And yes, the physical manifestation of that is probably your anxiety and your nervousness, which then causes you to do that versus thinking the whole way home, gosh, this car is so beautiful and clean. I can't wait to sell this perfect car. This car is so great. I'm so glad I did this. You know what I mean? It's, it makes it right. Totally, it's interesting to think about. It is. It totally is. Um, but that's a great example. And I love everything we're talking about here because I just feel like it's so prevalent for so many of us. So I'm glad that we were able to dive into this topic 
before we wrap things up, um, is there any last thing that you want to make sure you mention or, or one thing that we've talked about that you want to make sure listeners, if they walk away, this is, they don't miss this. Yeah. No matter what change you try to enact in your life, it is going to be gradual. So if you listen to this and you're like, you're right, I want to start doing better for myself and it's going to be, uh, I'm going, I'm not going to let my guilt control me anymore. I'm going to get this. I'm going to make it. Um, just keep in mind that you will screw up. You're going to have some days where you are going to give in to guilt and you are going to be frozen, especially now frozen from making any decisions or, or changes or moves. And just don't be hard on yourself about it. Just remember that sometimes you, you, I don't like to use the word lose, but sometimes you, you're not going to win. And the best thing to do is to say, that's okay. Whenever I'm taking a, a step forward, even little steps are still steps and just let it come with time. And I guarantee you six months down the road, you're going to notice that you're a different person than you were six months ago. It's just not going to happen overnight. I love that. I love that. Such a beautiful reminder for any and all changes we're making in our life. Give yourself grace always. Always. Um, okay. Let's switch gears and tell us what is your current intention getter story? What are you working on right now? I am actually about to start my second book. Um, I use NaNoWriMo um, in case you guys don't know what that is. That's National Novel Writing Month. Starts November 1st, goes to November 30th. And the whole point is just to write 50,000 words and it's going to be crap, but that's <laughs> not the point. The point is just to get 50,000 words down on a page. So it has been, that's how I got my first one done. Uh, that's how I plan on getting my second one done. And uh, I start that on November 1st promptly and will continue to do so till November 30th. So awesome. really looking forward to, yeah, getting that first draft done. <laughs> I love it. Heck yeah. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you? So you can find uh, the NIAM project, which is mainly focused on parenting and moms, even though there is quite a bit of social justice and stuff in that. You can find that on all social media under the name The NIAM Project, which is N as in November, Y as in Yankee, A, M as in Mike. Uh, if you just want to find me, I am at theariannabradford.com under with the two N's. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here, Ariana. It's been so great to have you and talk with you. And thank you very much for having me. And thanks to everybody who's listening. We will talk to you again on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.